This is the India Migration Now podcast. Episode 6 Chunav ka mahina Hemach gaya shor Chunav ka mahina Hemach gaya shor Phir aaya hai time to choose Who will screw us more Election season's upon us, listeners. Welcome to the April edition of the IMN podcast. As we gear up to the world's largest democratic exercise, an election which has been billed as a vote on the definition of being Indian, we want to explore the implications for migrants in India. While the numbers, as usual, are fuzzy, it can be safely said that close to 100 million Indians live multi-locational lives. Lives that are characterized by semi-permanence, wherein migrants shuffle back and forth between source and destination regions throughout their working lives. These lives of interstate migrants are also characterized by informal employment, informal housing, lack of adequate identification documentation and denial of social welfare and services like education and healthcare in their destination states. Also, the bulk of Indian migrants abroad in countries like US and the Gulf cannot vote despite spending many years contributing to their economies. They cannot vote in their destinations because of legal restrictions and in their home constituencies because of practical reasons. In today's podcast, I want to cover these issues through the following questions. What is the link between migrant welfare and political participation? What is problematic with non-resident Indians, NRIs, voting? How can we solve the implementation issues of migrant voting? We also look at immigrant voting and talk to a Nepali domestic worker about her voting experiences and aspirations in India. So what, what's happening here that your electoral registration, I'm coming back to electoral registration because that's at the heart of the migrants' life mm-hmm. and political participation in elections. Right. right. Because unless until you are registered, mm-hmm. unless until you're recognized, you cannot become a voter. Right, Varun? Absolutely. In the form six. Yes. In the form six. Yes. Of ECI. Mm-hmm. And what is happening here, that is not a fundamental right. That's a statutory and at the most a constitutional right. Right. Article 324, Article 325, and specifically Article 326 elaborates that you have right to vote as a constitutional right because of universal adult franchise and suffrage. Yes. But when we look at, you know, uh, you know 14, 19, and 21, we don't find that uh, you know right to vote is conceptual i see right i work i worked on nrg extensively worked on right to food right to employment but right. somehow there is a deeper paradox here varun right but the migrants uh, face continuous obstacles and challenges because they cannot exercise right to vote as fundamental right that's a serious lacuna the way we have conceptualized the relationship between migrants right to vote and the constitution 
That was Dr. Ashwini Kumar from the Tata Institute for Social Sciences, Mumbai. Dr. Kumar has researched extensively the topics of political participation and social welfare in India. He was a lead author for a report on migrants and voting for the Election Commission of India. In our conversations, Dr. Kumar shares that while migrants do have the right to vote as Indian citizens, the state, the Indian government's obligation to implement voting for them has been constrained by the nature of this right. He also explains how migrant voting and in general political participation is key for maximizing social welfare. By and large, when you go down the ladder of Indian elections, panchayat elections are more prone, prone towards or more biased towards ethnic politics. Right. It's, it's more about, you know, which caste, which community you belong to. So if you belong to domestic, you know, dominant caste, you know, effectively, then your service delivery improves, your governance improves. So this is positive. I call it positive negative syndrome. So negative in the sense that when you go up and if you look at, uh, you know, national election survey data from CSTS. Right. The pocket book, pocket book voting matters in national elections. The GDP matters in national elections. Mm -hmm. Growth rate matters in national elections. Economic performance matters in national elections, but not at the panchayat elections. The panchayat elections does matter. What matters in panchayat elections, certainly, roti, kapra, makan, bisli, pani, these things matter, you know, pension matters, narega implementation matters, but, but if you belong to a certain community and ethnicity, mm -hmm. it makes more sense. So political participation at all levels has an important welfare implication for migrants. But the government's obligation towards them is constrained by the nature of voting rights in India. Then why the recent rush and excitement to fast track and to facilitate NRI voting? Let me point out the bias, political right. bias. Please. When we were uh, you know, asked to do a survey for NRI, you know, engaging Indian overseas electors. And if you remember that last year, a bill was presented yes. before Lok Sabha for, yes. for making, uh, you know, identifying non-resident Indians and giving them proxy voting for participating in Indian elections. Correct. And the figure that we estimated for NRI compared to internal migrants is very small, Varun. 10 million, between 10 and 18 million. Yes, yes. The system not reliable, you know, through secondary sources, we computed that seems like uh, 10 million to 18 million, you know, globally, you yes. know, non-resident Indians. Very quickly, you know, Government of India proceeded, Election Commission proceeded based on our analysis and the report that we presented to them and presented this bill before Lok Sabha. Lok Sabha has passed the bill, but it's still pending in Rajya Sabha. Sabha. Right. So what I'm trying to point out, because NRI is a very influential political constituency. They are vocal compared to internal migrants. Right. Yes. They are very visible compared to internal migrants, especially poor, cyclical, temporary, seasonal migrants. They are hardworking people. And, and poor people, they are absent, you know, they are invisible. Right. And that is where uh, we coined the term and the phrase that invisible disenfranchisement of yes. poor in India. So, so for me, it's both a political question and uh, also an ethical question that why does it happen? 
And when we look at uh, different sources of the data, we find out that even at the policy level, there is a systematic bias for, say, urban migrants, especially, you know, uh, living in the you know, rich neighborhood, etc., etc., and more so external migrants, uh, non-resident Indians, uh, not for Varun, internal migrants, uh, and especially poor migrants. So I would say uh, that uh, this is very, very embedded uh, uh, into the way that we have conceptualized uh, migrants in the constitution. Whatever I say today is again my personal, most uh, all of, of course, them are personal of view. Yeah. Uh, I'm not uh, part of the government anymore. That was Daneshwar Mule, who was until very recently Secretary of the Department of Overseas Indian Affairs in the Ministry of External Affairs in the Government of India. We discussed the implementation issues of migrant voting and how it is still an, a work in progress. I think number one NRIs are today entitled to vote. Only thing is they have to come back to their constituencies where they are registered as voters. And obviously it is not always possible. It's difficult, it's arduous, it's time consuming, it's waste of energy and money also in a sense. But people who want to come and vote, they are voting, coming and voting. The whole idea of NRI voting is really, can they vote from wherever they are? In my view, today technology is available for us but we have to build a slightly more better consensus about what technology we can use. We can certainly evolve a system whereby NRIs can uh, vote from abroad, wherever they are. We have to have a robust system uh, mm -hmm. about confirming their identity, about their nationality. And uh, this requires, I think, a lot of thought, but it's not an impossible task. Technology is available. Uh, we seem to be right now somewhat hesitant, but it is possible in future. Perhaps right now, election season, so the attention is focused on it. But you need a slightly uh, more serious attention to all these issues. Granting it, uh, you know, a point blank to everybody without establishing a mechanism is going to take us nowhere. Proxy voting what in whatever form will only be, a, I would say, an interim measure. It's not a complete measure. It's not a perfect measure. Perfect measure is where in real time, I'll be able to vote from abroad. In fact, mm -hmm. I will be able to vote from anywhere wherever, you know, technically my address uh, is on my passport. You know, ultimately, what is a voter card? Voter card doesn't necessarily mean that you are able to vote. So you, my, my contention is in the long term, if I'm an Indian citizen and I have a particular address on my passport, I should be able to vote for that constituency from wherever I am. That is the long term. Bangladesh 
The highest profile migrant voting issue in India today is the Assam NRC issue. Since the 1970s, Bangladeshi refugees and Bengali Hindu minorities have settled in large numbers in Assam state, the northeast of India. This has caused great ethnic tensions between the native Assamese people and Bengali migrant communities. This issue has been transformed into a national security concern and a Hindu-Muslim concern as we heard Narendra Modi emphatically proclaim in a 2014 election rally. IMN researchers Rohini and Rohan recently on our Medium blog wrote extensively about this problem. This issue has hijacked the national imagination and opinion around migrant rights in India. And any mention of immigrant political participation is met with great antagonism and scorn. We spoke with Sarita, a Nepali domestic worker based in Hyderabad. She shared how she feels like an outsider in India and how voting will help her integrate and feel a, a greater part of the local community. My name is Sarita. I am from Nepal. We have been here for 8 years. My husband was born in Hyderabad. His job was here. He came here to my family. I am a voter. हाउसन बोर्ड से उन्हों कोई किसको भी पहचान तो था उन्हों बना के लेके आया वही हमलोग नेपाल से आए से हैं नेपाल लोग हैं हमलोग यहाँ के वोट डालेंगे हमलोग को मेरे को लगता है यहाँ वोट डालेंगे यहाँ कुछ हमलोग को ये ये जैसा लग लगता कि मेरे को वोट डाल जाए पर हमलोग को कुछ ये हेल्प मिलता कुछ ये मिलता हमलोग बाहर लोग कहे बाहर लोग हमलोग नेपाल लोग हैं नेपाल में होता हो सकता इधर तो मेरे को लगता नहीं हो सकता जैसे लगता मेरे को जमीन इन लोग के बोलते इधर लोग का जमीन दे रे वो दे रे ये दे रे घर दे रे पूरा ये दो दो बेडरूम का घर दे रे बोल के इन लोग बोलते मेरे को तो लगता देते कि Listeners, internal migrants and immigrants abroad from India are an important part of the Indian electorate and their importance will only increase given the aspirations for migration in this country. It is also important that the debate around immigrant voting in India moves on from the Assam NRC issue and takes a more progressive and inclusive direction where immigrants settled in India or coming to India have given the opportunities both legally and technocratically to vote. Implementation of migrant voting is still a work in progress. At India Migration Now, we've been researching this very deeply and we'll be releasing policy briefs, articles and other research outputs addressing this issue amongst others around migrant voting in the coming election season. This podcast has been possible thanks to the efforts of our producer, Nakul, and the time generously granted to us by our guests. And finally, to you listeners, shukriya, and Kuda office.